Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast, produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision-making. I'm here with Chris Lear, Nick Hare and Jordan Fermanis of Aleph Insights. And this week, we're discussing what is an adventure and how do you do it properly? Chris, you seem, I hesitate to come to you because if I think of the word adventure, um, I, I, and I see what I see before me, this you. This is a calumny. Yeah, sorry. You do not seem like the most adventurous person to me. However, maybe I'm wrong, um, but I'm going to come to you first. Let's talk this through. What is an adventure and how do you do it properly, Chris? Um, thank you for that introduction. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I obviously, obviously, I think of myself as a massive adventurer. But this uh, subject was um, recommended by my brother, ah. who is um, strictly more adventurous than I am. And he's um, in the Congo at the moment, isn't he? That's not actually true. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> no, no. Right. he's not on. He's not currently on a major uh, overseas adventure. Um, uh-huh. He's currently working as a teacher in, in Sussex. But he has done some adventuring in his life. And, okay. he, and he has spent some time considering um, what makes uh, ad- adventures more interesting. And he's also got some friends who have some opinions about this. And so he's been yeah, considering w- what it is about adventures and why it is that um, an adventure is sort of a bit more fun when things go a bit wrong. Mm. Or, or on what kind of things um, it's a, are adventurous things to go wrong, and what kind of things are just no fun when they go <laughs> go wrong. Right. So that's that's uh, so what so that that's the the question is what is an adventure? How do you do it properly? And a little bit of maybe why do we do it at all? Mm. Or okay. even or even, do some people think it's a terrible idea? I, I'm kind of quite pro-adventure personally okay and indeed just to be clear so that's why i came to you as part of, apart from that fact you obviously look massively adventurous is because your brother has suggested this as a topic um well look let's keep on with you chris so you posed a couple of questions there um i think you said what is it what is an adventure um there was stuff about well what would we want to go wrong and and what not and yeah what's what is it that goes wrong that would be good what go wrong that would be bad um and then the final thing well why anyway i think you more or less said so pick one of those um as a springboard and off you go well i'll I'll pick something adjacent which is um which is to do with sort of preparation the um there there are people who offer sort of adventure holidays Mm. adventure trips which actually are a packaged version of adventure which isn't very adventurous right because they're all planned and prepared and um, you troop along and you're not really responsible for it. Somebody else is. Like if you, if you sign on for a sort of adventure holiday or something, somebody else is responsible. And they manage the adventure, really. They manage the risk and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So somehow it's only really, it feels to me like it's only really, an adventure is only really adventurous if somehow it's you're in charge but also somehow you haven't quite prepared it to the max or there's something which could go wrong or there's some way in which... And there's a little quote from, in fact, I think a friend of my brother's who said, apparently, the less prepared, the better the adventure. 
Definitely. So, I don't know. I think you could I take that so. to an extreme because with zero preparation, you probably are going to, you know, not get to the really the best bit of the adventure because something will go wrong before you get there. I don't know if you went for zero preparation. I but think that's the kind wrong. of thing that an unadventurous person like you. No, no, no. Would I'm not say. talking about managing out every possible risk. But I'm saying without the proper preparation, you aren't gonna you aren't gonna be able to manage the things that you want to go wrong. Yeah, not, not sure. No, come on, the preparing for an adventure is the fun. There, there has to be a phase where you're packing your knapsack. You know, and you've got two days of provisions and you've got your trusty Bowie knife. You've got to have a plan. Right. You've got to have a plan. And I'll, I'll give you an example mm. of of an adventure. And this, I think, was quite adventurous. And this was, my, this was my brother's adventure. He had a friend who he met on the internet um, who didn't know terribly well, a guy called Richard Britton. Mm. Um, and Richard Britton said to Mikey, my brother, he said, well... Um, do you fancy walking uh, to Jerusalem mm. on a on a pilgrimage to mm. Jerusalem? Mikey was like, "Yeah, I'll do that." And I think about a week later, mm. he left, and he took he took a rucksack with some things, mm. and Rich Britain was roughly as well prepared. And between them, they had about twenty pounds in currency, <laughs> and they started in. Um, Did they get as far as Folkestone or something? And turn back. <laughs> <laughs> they started in Belgium, I think. Okay. And after about a fortnight, Richard bailed, <laughs> and Mike carried on on his own. <laughs> but he spent his twenty quid or whatever it was as soon as he could because he thought having the money in his, you know, made it less fun. And you can read his. He's, yeah, you can read his his blog. It's still on the internet. Uh, the whole expedition was planned in as much as he knew where he wanted to end up, but he had no idea how to get there. So yeah. he kept meeting Germans who were horrified <laughs> by his uh, lack by, of preparation. By, by his lack yeah. of preparation. But they didn't feed him very well. And then later on, he met people who thought it was quite normal to be doing this sort of thing. But then, they, but at least they fed him. But they didn't give him much uh, much uh, map advice. So you know, <laughs> I presume that he probably looks back at that as a as a as a good adventure, a good quality adventure. I would have thought. And did he make it to Jerusalem? Of course. Well, no, <laughs> because okay. he reached the border, and um, the people at the border of Israel mm. um, looked at him and asked him a few questions and then marked his passport something like we will never let this guy <laughs> into our country ever and but um, Richard uh, flew out and to or somehow joined and, and finished the whatever it was it was another it was it, it was like a day or something the final the final segment which he didn't manage but the also the people who were for there was a blog which i followed and the, this is this is a sort of an, an angle on adventure yeah i used to read the blog and enjoy it yeah but the day when the two there was one day when he got turned away at some border yeah and just he managed to solve this problem, but he wrote a long blog about how he just sat down and wept at the edge of the road kind of thing. That got a massive amount of views. Mm. And the one where he got turned away at Israel and completely and the whole thing, you know, went up in flames, that got the most, uh, the most hits. So the, the, the disasters make the, make the stories mm. and interest the, the audience. Mm. Well. I, think, I think there's something important in not achieving the goal you thought you wanted. Yeah, you know, but but perhaps getting 
the the old cliche of the true treasure being the friends you make along the way. I think you know there is something about that. I think we like that. It's such a common theme. Absolutely. Um, I suspect he got turned away because they're very careful in Israel about people with messianic complexes. And maybe he looked. I, mean, I, I, I just know what your brother looks like. And maybe he Jesus-y. looked. Yeah, maybe he looked a bit too Jesusy for them. And just they, they thought, thought we can't. We this don't want another trouble. one. Not another one. Well, also there was the Quran in his rucksack right and, and the and and um yeah the whole big beard thing mm. and yeah the fact that by then he was speaking fluent arabic and uh, <laughs> yeah there was there were a few he also didn't he he answered their questions in a <laughs> in a in, a, in politic in a, way in a slightly adventurous way yeah <laughs> there you go living truth to the adventure um before we continue there's lots more to delve into here just quick as a knee-jerk thing how adventurous are you on a scale of one to ten? One doesn't want to leave home; it's a bit dangerous. Ten is off, sort of, you know, shark diving in the Pacific or something. Uh, Jordan, one to ten. Uh, I I think I used to be maybe eight or nine, but I'm probably a six or seven. Now. Oh, good lord! Okay, eight and nine is quite a lot. Uh, Chris, I'll, I'll I'll take a six. Right, Nick. I think within certain a certain understanding of what an adventure is, high. But but not as high as as Jordan. I think six and a half might be a realistic. So if you're a six and a half, <laughs> yeah, because I know you better than I, the, the we guys know each other than us guys. So if you're a six and a half, and let's use that as the scale for a minute. I reckon I'm a seven or eight. Oh, you've got to be higher than that. <laughs> you because you do. Like I think one of the reasons I've become that number will have gone down um, mm. is having kids and like more yeah, responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. And it just yeah. But whereas you don't care about that, <laughs> no. you carry on doing the stuff that <laughs> yeah. the irresponsible things. So well, you're a nine, at least a nine. <laughs> I think I was once a nine, but I don't think I am mm. now. Um, but I'm like, like a, an eight, maybe. Um, all right. Okay. Well, let's, um, I mean, I know we've got those questions, but just someone weigh in with something. Um, Jordan or Nick? Let's hear Jordan and then Nick. Um, well, I think, yeah, when I was listening to Chris there, I think one of the things that I was reminded of was, I think adventures have to contain some kind of spontaneity. Mm. to them and I think the fact that it, someone said oh let's just walk to Jerusalem and he was like yeah and just went there sort mm. of unpre- I think that there's something about that that sort of feels adventury mm. and I think an adventure needs to have some kind of impulsiveness to mm-hmm. it um, and I sort of yeah and I and I think a, a lack of preparation is actually key to an adventure mm. um, I don't think it has to mean that you have no plan at all maybe like you just have the bare boat the sort of general outline of a plan but i think um lack of preparation it means adventures await i think it's that kind of you don't want to know too much it's the unknown yeah and adventure are kind of linked a bit in my opinion um nick okay actually that ties into a theory that i want to present in a bit sure uh but before we get to the theory let's just look at the sort of i don't want to say data as such but um let's look at what adventure what are the components of adventure stories because that surely that's what we need to draw on here is is probably the best adventures are the ones that most closely resemble adventure stories which is why we write adventure stories in the way we do mm. and of course the the classic text it's a kind of a hero story really the hero's it? journey yeah. by yeah. um by all they well the hero with a thousand faces is the book by joseph campbell which uh, is, is sort of almost like an anthropological study of stories that people tell. And, and they all throughout the world, every culture has adventure stories. And they have these uh, 
well, multiple stages which you can divide up. But mm. I would say if you want to think of it in modern terms, it's the three-act structure mm-hmm. of, of any film. But he called them departure, initiation and return. Now, departure, okay, this is, this is, and I think this goes back to Jordan's point about impulsiveness and about the fact that, you know, Mikey was sort of brought on this adventure, is it starts with the call to adventure, which is not something you can just decide, right? And I think that's that's sort of feels to me like an important ingredient, is that you're being pulled on this adventure by something. It's a need to get something or achieve an outcome or finish a quest, slay a dragon. Um, it's not totally your choice. Uh, you know, there is something pulling you out of, of, of your... I've been excited already, by the way. ...everyday <laughs> lifestyle. Now, that ends. That ends with what Joseph Campbell called the belly of the whale. But I will say, I think, the crossing of the threshold. And I, I think if you think about the Lord of the Rings, it's when they, you know, when they are... Uh, when they, you could... Perhaps it's when they leave, um, you know, Hobbiton, but it's when they leave the Shire. Cross the Shire, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's that, that, there's a boundary that you cross, and this is like as... Uh, you've never been this far before. And then, um, and then you have the tests. Mm. So you've got to be tested. And this is where I think our desire for things to go wrong comes in, because you have to fail some of these tests. It's no good passing the test. There's a word for people who pass all the tests on an adventure, and it's a Mary Sue, and it's something that people complain about um, in in when you have a hero who's too good. Like so, people have said that Ray from the new Star Wars films is a Mary Sue because she's just immediately really really good at everything. She's amazing at the Force and amazing at lightsabers, and that's boring. I'm not because, familiar with this term, but I like it. Yeah, yeah. So so it's it's the idea is it's sort of and there's a, there's a Gary Sue I think or various other if it's a male, but the the point is that it's supposed to be a kind of author insert fantasy ideas like hey look if i had to go and become a ninja i'd be the best ninja ever so i'm gonna write a story where someone becomes a ninja and they're instantly the best ninja in japan and you're like that's boring that Mm. is boring that's not how adventures ought to work Mm. eventually um the apotheosis Mm -hmm. where you change or learn something new and that then of course that enables you to get the ultimate boon as he calls it which is the achievement of the quest or the achievement of the quest you didn't know you were on but you know it turns out to be the true quest or whatever and then the often neglected but very important return yeah we've got to have like as a part of the denouement sort of thing yes and so he makes the point that actually um the the return is often resisted by the hero the hero wants to perhaps stay in the new land but that's no fun they there has to be the return there's got to be the return back but of course when you get back you're you're changed forever mm. so that that's that is your classic ingredients of an adventure and within i think those ingredients you can turn a lot of things a lot of daily activities in some way into an adventure but i think those it we you know with with those things in mind yeah that that's that's sort of you know i think you've got your check, checklist there um so yeah i think this the preparation yes but there has to be you know because you're being pulled you you don't perhaps get the time to manage out every risk and Mm. because you're going to these you're going to be tested and you'll fail there has to be mikey's weeping at the side of the road moment yeah 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 that was this test but he managed to overcome that so i think there's also a subjective element that comes into it where even if something goes wrong on your adventure, if you're able to turn it into a really good story, that can make a really good adventure. Mm. So that you can, there's something about, 
there's a subjectiveness to the events that occur on an adventure, even if everything goes terribly wrong, but it's, you can then recount that really well, people will start thinking you had a great adventure, but the actual reality is you had a terrible time. Um, <laughs> that's I, really interesting. Yeah, I really like that. Terrible time could be a great adventure. Yeah. That's a good point, actually, because um, I think a lot, a, a lot of the time about uh, the concept of story, right? Um, and it's my view and it's not um, original to me, but a story always, in one sense, a story always exists because the events such as they are are just a collection of events. But it's the narrative that you put on those events, either in real time or afterwards, that, boom, a story has happened. Um, and so maybe that's... That said, though, you still need some stuff to happen, right? Is Or is there? I mean, is there an adventure in going down to the kitchen and making a cup of tea right now? Not as much as your mate saying, hey, or someone out of the blue saying, do you want to come to Israel? We'll walk there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Let's keep going. I'm enjoying this. Uh, back to you, Chris. I think it's got to be risk and it's got to be uncertainty. But but I was thinking about the... Um, like just to cut just some examples. So Nick, so Nick's story was sort of the Odysseus story. It feels like it feels like the Odyssey. But and then there's a whole big, you know, that you're away for ten years and you then you come home and everything's gone wrong and whatever, and you kind of see that's this huge great big adventure. But I, the adventurers that I'm impressed by are people like mountaineers and and climbers and stuff. So Alex Honnold. I feel I I think of as an adventurer. He's the guy who did, who. There's a film of him climbing um, El Capitan with no ropes. Now yeah. That was is is incredible to watch. And and the actual climb when he finally does the climb, they have to build up with him falling off and break his ankle or something earlier. They have to they have to add in the 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 warm up with the failures and stuff because they've got to make a proper story of it. But the actual climb itself, to watch it, is one of the most. Ext- like intense experience of vicarious um terror mm. because he is because because he's doing something which is incredibly difficult with with no margin for error but he does it perfectly and he does it incredibly fast um it's still not boring it's still not mm. disappointing it's 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 amazing but then um there's another there's another story which is um, Penn Haddock walking to the North Pole, and this was in 2004 or something, so it's a little while ago. He walked to the North Pole. Um, it took a long time to get there, a, pulling a sled and sort of swimming through the sea and stuff like this. Uh, I was very impressed when he did it. I thought it was an amazing piece of sort of adventure. But the little, the but there's always the way the anecdote comes. What you remember is that when he was nearly there, he f- he fell through the ice and lost a ski. Mm. And that makes the story like more exciting because if he just if he if that's the bit you remember because it's the kind of the bit where something goes a bit wrong, and um, I think something. So what I'm saying is some things are adventurous just because they're hard, and if you, if everything goes right, it's still an amazing adventure. But the something going a bit wrong and you getting and you managing that that's where the story is focused. Mm. So the anecdote comes from the from the from the the wobble or the mistake, or the thing you had to the deal test. with. The, the, yeah. the, the crisis. The trial. I mean, but the... I think, I still think, there are some things which go wrong, which are not an adventure. They take it away from being an adventure, and they're just not fun anymore. Well, I've got, I've got a theory about this. I mean, before you do, I mean, you're right. It's so, I think, I think we probably would all agree there's something about the human psyche that we like these, there's, there's something about adventure yes. that is appealing, right? Can I introduce my theory? Yeah. yeah. And before you do, I'm just, just imagining... I, 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 go on. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, because I'm just imagining everything's going great, and it turns out, and your brother's going off to Israel, and Richard went as well. It turned out Richard died. That would probably be, you know, a yeah, bad, that's, an, that's an unfun. That's, that's an unfun yeah. bit of the adventure. Um, it's not a good story, unless he got killed by ninjas in Istanbul, and and then Mikey took them out, and then that would be quite good. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good point. Yeah. And so that brings me on to my theory. So we're in the realm of rampant speculation here because I haven't seen this. <laughs> That's where I'm most comfortable, by the way. But, um, yeah. but I think our, uh, this concept of what a good adventure is can be easily explained using uh, Shannon information entropy. Um, <laughs> I'll be more specific, right? I think that we like stories fundamentally because we find them informative. And uh, it might sound odd, but I think... Uh, we have the reason that stories work is because they tap into a bit of our psyche which makes us believe that we are experiencing them mm. we're capable of experiencing a story as though we were living it right yeah now what do we value in terms of experiences well they're the ones that are informative okay that's the experiences we really like we like being informed we've evolved to want to acquire okay, i'm not sure about this but you going um okay so well, well, let's. Was this coming to Shannon Entropy or whatever it was? Well, assume that fiction is interesting because it's giving you vicarious information. Okay, that. Uh, so now, what? Where are you getting the highest information gain? An adve- you will get the most information gain is in the middle of an adventure, right? That is the most informative bit because that's where there's the most uncertainty. The further away you travel from your home, the more uncertain and darker and more mysterious the region you're. But going if you're to in the get. middle of it, you're not the furthest away from home unless you've gone wrong on your adventure. No, but I'm but... listening to the story. I'm the one listening to the story, and and the bit I'm really I don't want to hear a long drawn out thing about you going up that hill or getting out of your kitchen because I know that bit. That's boring. Mm, mm. The bit that I'm interested in is what are the things that um you know that are out there where in the unknown. So that that's the most interesting bit. But also you problem solving. This comes back to the tests. I'm acquiring useful information when I dis, when I learn how you pass these tests, because I can then make sure that when I I'm just it's just a statement of fact. No. This is why look that I'm learning something. As you. always, you're overthinking and overanalyzing. No, no, no. This when stuff. you say when you say well, what do you I know damn well if I said to you, what's your explanation as to why we like them? Yeah. You'll just go, Oh, because it's a nice story. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to define what a nice story is. No, it's not because by of saying that, but it go is on. it is you're learning about how to behave. It's the same the same reason why some people think we have dreams. That is a way of um you know of giving of art for arming yourself no it's not that but when you get to the bit within the story where the wolves attack and it turns out you fend them off with a fiery torch yeah. well next time when the wolves can attack i know that i can fend them off with a fiery torch i'm better informed and that is why i liked that bit of the story no wonder, it looks like the wolves were gonna eat you no wonder i'm you, more adventurous than you and i have better and more fun adventures because this is your whole approach to i have another is, piece of data is based in something i've never even heard I've of this shannon some, entropy i've got some more data which is that um have you heard of the return trip effect where the return the re- when you're coming back from somewhere it feels Feel, quicker. yeah okay yeah 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 right uh, yeah well, you've just you basically agreed with me because the point is that... <laughs> no, that, I'm not. Okay, but... No, I'm and, not. Uh, it's reflected in... Actually, if you look at the length of adventure stories... Yeah. The path out... Yeah. Um, is always longer much than, longer in yeah. the book than the yeah. path back. Yeah. Right, but that is reflecting the fact that you are... There's less information on the bit back. 
because so no wonder they don't cover as much because there's less to inform you about on the journey back like Tolkien no. spends well, so you're normally just on an going eagle from, going from one, yeah. going from one <laughs> little on spot to, that's because he knew that even though in theory it's just as entertaining to walk all the way back through the misty mountains and past the okay, old look. forest and through Weathertop it's not as interesting on the way back so he misses but, all no, that out but two things so, so I'm just saying it's all information theory you don't think it's it not. is but yes because your brain has evolved to do this naturally <laughs> no. No, it's and because... you don't have enough insight to realise that no. that's what's going on no I don't have the patience to try and educate you properly about this but um, why do humans like adventure stories and relate that to a fundamental it's to do with benefit? emotion it's not uh, to do with what information is the benefit? It's to what's do the with evolutionary emotion? benefit of an emotion that I've explained something with, where there's an evolutionary benefit, which is that you're being informed and you are learning uh, how you can to learn from emotions. Problems. That's for sure. But maybe it's entertainment that you get from the emotions. But, but what is entertainment? I'm trying to explain entertainment by using evolutionary benefits. You're just repeating words. No, listen. Um, but what is Shannon entropy? It's a measure of information gain, or it's a measure of information. Seriously, you and me are not going to go on an adventure together. I, right? I, so. And, and the reason why is we would never bloody go because and and you would it, we would just you'd just be banging on about this stuff before we actually go anywhere or do anything <laughs> no i would be a, i'm I, off I, there i'd be able to calculate which destination would give us the highest information gain yes you could you <laughs> by would finding the most surprising or the most unknown yeah place. but you'd never leave your living room you'd never leave your bedroom and without calculating where i'm off in siberia fighting wolves <laughs> no you wouldn't even get to the you'd pick a boring destination which was predictable no because what you would do i would randomize it no okay right but you, right? you are in you are describing measuring shannon entropy you're saying you would choose one on the basis of something to do with, uh, you know, un unknowns. No, I'm not. Okay. Well, so, yes, I am, but right. I don't think... So you're just Listen. basically agreeing with me. Chris, please I've got, help I, us. I've got an important point to make here, which is that um, podcasts are a bit of an adventure. They certainly are, and, yeah. and, um, and the high point of a podcast recording... Is, uh, is 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 when Nick and Fraser come to blows over yeah. over the definition of Shannon entropy, and the and the reason that's the high point of the of, of the recording is because that's when we're all learning the most. Right. Yeah. So I hundred percent agree with Nick here. Right. You're in the blacklist as well now. So just to say, it's not the highlight normally. Okay. Because with the exception of this case, um, Nick is better at arguing than me and lo knows loads more about pretty much everything than I do apart from adventures obviously and, <laughs> and and so it's always a low point for me personally because he always bloody wins but he's not won this time um Jordan no, I, I find the in information thing interesting because when I'm listening to an adventure story I find them gripping because it's things it's like they're fantastical and they're things that are sort of they spark my imagination and they're sort of like maybe things I wouldn't ordinarily do myself. Not, I don't think I'm necessarily thinking, oh, that's, that'll, that, that'll come in handy for next time I'm in that You're, situation. You might not or, be thinking that, but your brain is. Is that? I reckon. Okay. But is it, yeah, okay. I thought it was more of an, an escapist kind of. Are we talking about information of, still? We are. Yeah, yeah, we? yeah, yeah. I just wanted to, well, I just, it was interesting. Could you're obsessed with information, you lot. <laughs> What else um, is there? That is what all I your don't understand this equation between all your experience and in life is information, mm. and the, and the reason it's useful is it helps you get better outcomes. That's just so. How can you make something so fun as an adventure sound so dry and boring? I find thinking about it in terms of information. Theory, I thought this was going to be much fun. more interesting than just randomly stringing together some names of good adventures 
because now we've got a theory which helps us explain it. You want to design a good adventure, find the place which will give you the highest uh, That's information. Bollocks. Totally true. It's no, because <laughs> you no, you just you just need someone to come up and say, let's go to Jerusalem. That's all you need. Where's what's I mean, I don't know. Listen, I don't want to get too cantankerous about this. I, I need to, to round us off. OK, um, and I've got a question, which is a fairly obvious one. Um, and it can be what's your own personal favorite adventure that you've had? Maybe that's a bit humdrum. I don't know. Nick's would be, um, or or it could be what's your favourite adventure story, either real or otherwise. Okay, um, that has inspired you at some point. Um, who wants to go first? Let's have Jordan. We'll do Jordan, then maybe Chris or me, and then we'll round off with Nick. Uh, something I have done that was a bit adventurous was. Uh, rode a donkey from Pushka to Jazalmir in Rajasthan, which took which was about two hundred miles. That's pretty cool. I yeah. feel the gauntlet has been laid down there, guys. <laughs> well, what, um, what were the trials that you passed? Well, actually, physically riding a donkey, which I'd never done before, taming, making sure it was fed and looked after, which I didn't really quite know how to do at the time, and um, yeah, just generally figuring out how to ride it. Had yeah, which, how, just which how how, how did you get on that adventure though? Uh, we bought a few donkeys at a camel fair. Mm, okay, um, and decided to go somewhere with them. And what was, it would be an adventure? Okay, and what was the best thing that happened on that adventure? Arriving at the end of it, getting off the saddle, <laughs> yeah, getting, getting off the bloody donkey. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Okay, um, let's go to Chris. I I I should have prepared better tonight because I sh- I ought to have had a prepared answer for this. I haven't really got one. I'm going to. I I think the the story I the stories I like are ones where he, ordinary human beings, not or maybe extraordinary human beings, survive something horrendous and just about get away with it. And I and I, I have to say, well, the one that comes into my head is the. Um, the touching the void story with the mm. with the uh, the um, mountaineers. There's another mountaineering story, and I I, I I like a mountaineering story. Um, and this one, the guy basically dies, and he sort of comes back from the dead by crawling through the crevasses for several days. And uh, with it, after his mates cut his rope and dropped him into a crevasse. And uh, I I I like stories which make me feel that something superhuman has been achieved mm. and there are, there are quite a few actually which haven't got as much um profile as that of people that there's there's amazing stories about people sort of rowing for days against you know with get being stuck in but there are several there are several of them but that's that's quite a well-known one and i i find i'm attracted by the idea of just about surviving some ludicrous thing mm. Um, and and what and the kind of human ability to hang in there against all the odds. Um, and I I quite yeah I like those stories. I wouldn't want to do it. Um, and I like I keep my the adventures I go on. I, I I'm normally sort of in charge of some other people for whom it's a bit more scary than it ought to be. <laughs> but I have had I mean the and the adventures and the my, the most extreme adventures that I've had. I haven't really enjoyed that much. So, I, which have been rock climbing, mm. I, I, f- I fell once rock climbing, and and hurt my ankle quite badly, and had to um, had to sort of prussic out of quite a unpleasant place. Mm-hmm. 
and it makes quite a good story but i didn't really enjoy it and didn't really want to do it again <laughs> so um i'm not i'm not quite going back for that i keep my rock climbing tamer now are you a good storyteller do you think um not amazing <laughs> you can be the judge of that so I, I wonder if it goes back to this thing the better you are as a storyteller the better adventures you've had maybe i don't know i can tell a i could I, w- I would rather tell the story of the old adventures than than have that one again yeah because because yeah. it just yeah I, I wouldn't want to do it again it wasn't fun mm-hmm I'll try and be brief with this, but I mean, just going back to the initial question, asked, asked how sort of adventure size scale of one to ten is. I went to a wood near me with three with my three kids, and when we got there, we parked just outside, and I decided to park just behind this other car on the verge. And as we parked, it got a bit sort of mm, sort of slushy, sort of. And I'm not sure if we're going to get out of this. And I realised I'd sort of got the car stuck, and it was bogged down in the mud. Okay. At which point, for the next 30 minutes, I had the kids pushing whilst I was trying to manoeuvre it. And the best bit was, in classic comedy style, I put the accelerator on. My daughter just got covered in mud from head to foot, okay? At which point, she started freaking out. And and I was saying, no, everybody, this is brilliant. Because forever, we we will remember this walk. Mm. We will remember this walk as the greater event of everything went wrong. This is an adventure. To be fair, only two of my three kids were kind of convinced by that. My daughter was still really not sure about this. Still not speaking to you. Yeah. Uh, And it was hilarious. She was covered head to foot and she tried to clean it with water. It just made it worse. Um, But anyway, Nick. Well, I've been on a few adventures. I've done quite a few long distance walks and I like that. And as you say, there's some of the things that go wrong. Um, You know, there's that wonderful low point, isn't there? When you realise the magnitude of what you're doing and you've got another five days of this and it's raining and you've run out of water and all of that kind of stuff. You remember all of the bad times. And I I think I think you're right. No, I was going to. But my I wanted to bring in as my favourite adventure story of all time. um, I had trouble getting to Solar Salu by uh, Dr. Seuss, which had a very profound effect on me as a kid. I read it when I was about three or four and have never forgotten it always always loved to read it um but it's about this character who lives in the valley of vung and then things start to go wrong like he falls over and gets attacked by a quilligan quail and he's like look i'm, I'm gonna go to this city he discovers about this city the city of solo salu um where they never have troubles at least very few and he decides he's gonna go there and on his adventure everything goes wrong he gets caught in a massive flood he gets attacked by these perilous poosers um, he, he gets uh, into a tunnel which is full of birds all going the wrong way and it's just and then he, he opens he opens the uh, hatch eventually through this tunnel and he's surrounded by all these beautiful flowers and there's the city of Solo Salu and he gets to the door and then the doorman reveals that there's a key slapping slippered living in the lock and they can no longer get in or out <clears throat> and the, and the, the uh, doorman says but don't worry, I'm off to the city of Bulabu Ball, where they never have troubles, no troubles at all. And the main character thinks, yeah, all right, sounds great. But then he realises, no. And he, and he returns home. And the last line is, uh, I, I started back home to the Valley of Fung. I know I'll have troubles. I'll maybe get stung. I'll always have troubles. I'll maybe get bit by that green-headed quail on the place where I sit. But I've bought a big bat. I'm all ready, you see. Now my troubles are going to have troubles with me. And I think that's the best message ever. That's how you change on an adventure. So when you come home, now, you know, you're ready to deal with things you couldn't deal with before. So there we are. I had trouble getting to Solace Salute. Best adventure book ever. Beats Lord of the Rings into a cocked hat. 
uh, Nick, I like it beautifully finished off there for us. That was lovely. That was lovely. Brilliant. Um, well, look, on that note, uh, we'll wrap up our little adventure. But Chris has got something to say. Just I, I, a last word from um, Peter Pan, who said um, to die would be an awfully big adventure. Which I think is, I think, I think it takes it one step beyond what most of us would be prepared it's to do. It's a good attitude, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, mm. Maya's approach. Yeah, yeah, no. I was talking about exactly that with my son recently. Yeah, and he talked to me about it actually. Okay, nice. Okay, I feel like we've had a little adventure here. Yeah. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Chris Lear, Nick Hare, and Jordan Fermanis of Aleph Insights. Until next time. Goodbye.